What's up, everybody? This is Kyle Krieger, and I am one half of the team at Lighthouse Educator Development and Value as Value. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Value as Value podcast, along with Wilkie Law. We started this podcast three years ago to help teachers become the kind of teacher their kids deserve. And we're so thrilled to be joined by you on this journey and to have you be a part of our uh, teaching community. So you're here because you want to get better. You want to be that teacher your kids deserve. You want to be that teacher your kids need. And we hope to help you become that teacher by sharing our stories and the stories of educators from around the country of how they built their craft through experience, how they continue to sharpen their skill set through reflection, and how they're leveraging their authenticity to be the change that we need to see in our kids. So we're thrilled that you're here and we're so glad you joined us. But before you do that, if you don't mind hitting the subscribe button, we'd really appreciate it and sharing this episode if you find value. If you want to find us outside of this podcast, you can do that on YouTube uh, as value adds value. And as well, you can find us on Facebook as Lighthouse Educator Development or Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at value adds value. But for now, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast. Before we get started on this episode, everybody, we want to take a chance to talk to you about a platform and a company that we believe in, and that's Nearpod. Now, we've had a relationship with Nearpod for over a year now, and it is by far the best educational platform we've ever used. What Nearpod is, is a presentation and engagement tool that you can use with your students. The things we love about it is you can create lessons that can either be paced by you, the teacher, or you can create lessons that allow your students to work at their own pace. And it's interactive. And one thing they've just added that makes it so much easier is it can integrate with Google Slides and Focac. So, if you want to try Nearpod for free, go to this website, go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to try Nearpod for free. So why is a teacher's leadership style so important? I know you talk about that a lot. So why is a teacher's leadership style so important to them? Yeah, your, your, your style is, 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 is really an outgrowth of your philosophy. And, you know, so when we talk about a teacher's um, classroom or, or leadership philosophy, like, like what is it? Can, 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 you, can you make it tangible and define it? See, I talk about that a lot when I'm talking to school leaders, like, who are you? Can, can you articulate who you are as, as, as a leader? So as a classroom teacher, it's the same thing. Like, like when I think about my, my classroom style, it, it, brings the, it, it makes me think about one year as a classroom teacher, my principal, we, we had a superintendent that, that wanted to, um, he decided that he wanted to departmentalize the entire district from grades three on up. So third graders were changing classes as if they were in high school. So I had fifth grade. 
So it was a new experience for the principal, for us, you know, a lot of us who were new to the profession, it was, I was one year in and then bam, we're departmentalizing. I'm happy because now I can teach the one subject that I love, social studies. I don't have to learn all these other subjects to teach. So for me, it was normal. But for that principal, it was very abnormal because she was used to everyone being in the classroom all day, in the same classroom. So here kids are changing and there's a volume of noise between every class that she's not accustomed to. So she brought us together one day and said, and she was yelling and screaming. And she said, starting tomorrow, the students are not changing class. There are your, you as the staff will change classes and you will teach in each other in one another's classroom. Now I'm 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 new, but I know the power of my classroom space because of the things I have on the walls. The student photos, student work samples, student awards, student recognition. I mean, it's it's all student-centered. And that, that wasn't even something I learned yet. This is something that's instinctively I said, I have to make this class as welcoming as possible, where the youngsters come in feeling this is my space. So so now she's like, you're gonna change because I can't deal with that noise. So now I, you know, I'm naive. I said to her, I said, Doc, um, I need my classroom. I can't be effective without those four walls. They help me do what I do. And she yelled at me. I'll never forget. She said, Kefele, well, I suggest you strap your classroom on your back because you're moving. <laughs> so the room got quiet. They all looking at me. So then so, so, so in telling, I, I was able to convince her, I, I waited till after the meeting, I spoke to her one-on-one -on -one and convinced her that I need that space. And she, she heard me. So she, she sent us some, she sent a memo out, uh, cause it was no email yet. <laughs> and said, you can hear that. It didn't, wasn't even invented. Well, I mean, the, the government had it, but we did. So she said, um, you guys just keep the hallways quiet. And we did. Um, she didn't even know we were changing classes anymore. And now I can be me. So I'm bringing that up to say this, that, that tied into my philosophy of who I was as a teacher, because those walls were extensions and the ceiling, I might add, they were ex extension of me as a teacher. So when you looked at those walls, you still saw me because it would be relative to what I believe that those walls have to be reflective of the students, right? So then when I became a principal, I didn't change that. I go into the school as a vice principal and, and they, they, they appointed me in January of two, 1997. And I walk into that school and the walls are bare. I'm only the assistant principal. It's my first day on the job. I said, uh, principal, can I like transform this building in terms of this wall space? He, he said, what do you mean? And I explained, I said, I need, I need imagery and, and messages and so forth. This reflective of these students, even though I, I just got to the building. I mean, I'd been there one day. And he said, go ahead and do it. I stayed in that building all night long. And when him and the staff and the students got back that next day, they walked into something radically different, right? So now I never announced it. But those walls were reflective of my leadership, not the principal's leadership, right? Well, the superintendent saw it too. So that the very next year, they made me the principal of the building and moved him to central office somewhere. And I, and I took those walls and did more with them. And the point that I'm making here is the walls were reflective of my leadership philosophy. Because anywhere a kid walked in that building, they saw the leader. 
right? But when I was with, when I'm in the hallways with students, I can use that wall space as my personal classroom and be and teach from anywhere. I mean, if I'm in the boys' bathroom, I hear students in the bathroom, I go in the boys' bathroom, I got so much stimuli on the walls that I can go into that bathroom and teach, right? If, if I'm in the gym, if I'm in the cafeteria, if I'm in the stairwell, that's how, that's how much information I had on those walls. So I can teach from there because I didn't want students to see me as, as just a leader. I wanted them to see me as a teacher, right? So, so going back to your question in terms of the classroom teacher as leader, it's the same thing. How, what is, what is, what is my philosophy? Has, have, have I even given that thought? Like, like who am I beyond a teacher? See, so, so with me sitting at this computer now as, 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 as a member of this panel or as a, as a presenter, as a leader, as a classroom teacher, I'm rooted in something that I can explain, right? That, that, that is habitual. So I'm that guy across the board, regardless of which hat I'm wearing, but I've given prior forethought um, to who it is I am in that space. And, and I just operate within it. Yeah, that that's it's why you were talking. I kept thinking about the old rap lyric when they were talking about the streets be talking. Yeah, you basically yeah. made the walls talk. Yeah, that's right. And, same and that, that that is the exact same thing. I love that. I love. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take that and remix that. So I'll give you your yeah, credit and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you want to, so so if we if we teach in Malcolm, for example, and then you got this prominent picture of Malcolm that you that, that somewhere throughout the course of the day you're gonna pass that poster. You're going to see Malcolm point, right? So, so if we're teaching Malcolm, we're teaching Garvey, we're teaching King, we're teaching Truth, we're teaching Tubman, you know, the, all, all these folks. And now there they are as you walk through the building. Now, I happen to be standing next to a poster of Marcus Garvey as you're going to your third period, cl period class. Hey, y'all, it's like 10 of them coming. Hey, y'all, come in for a minute. And let me throw a question at him about what Mar Marcus Garvey believed right what he was trying to accomplish when he was in new york city and and now i did some teaching between third and fourth period now y'all go on the class right so that now students don't just see oh the principal and whatever that whatever connotation comes with that oh he's the one with the power to suspend us nah oh there's the principal he's he's one of the teachers in the building that's that's how i want to be seen right so that's a that's a different connotation there and, and i'm able to use it to my advantage Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do teachers find their leadership style? You said through their philosophy. So should, 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 should that be like an exercise for every teacher? I know coming out of educational programs, they tell you, write your educational philosophy. And most people write it as a paper and probably never goes back mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Uh, how do we get teachers to, to find their own leadership style? Yeah, it's um, a lot of times the easiest way is when you've got a thought partner in your life, right? Because see, that thought partner is able to tell us things about ourselves that we're not even cognizant of, right? You know, that some people talk, refer to accountability partners, right? But that person, because see, you and I, you know, we go through life doing things the way we do it. Certain things we may take for granted, certain strengths, certain skills we may not even realize we have. We just kind of do it because it's natural or, or, or there could be those certain weaknesses or certain deficiencies and we're not aware or we don't understand 
how to correct them because again, that's a part of what we do, how who we are. But then you got that thought partner that's in our lives who sees us through a different lens, sees us through their own lens and can tell us things about ourselves that we may never pick up on in, um, independently. So in a, a very good and productive way is to, is to have that person that you can be vulnerable with in your life, that you can, that you can have that open, honest, truthful conversation that it's that there's an understanding that the dialogue is between us and, and and we help one another to grow to get to the next level i've had these folks in my life over the years and and and, and it just helps one to get to that level in terms of trying to build that philosophy so because because it, it may be difficult just in terms of being by oneself and trying to figure it out but for me and mine was developed independently because for me, it was just me being very intentional about looking within myself and trying to find out, well, okay, who is this guy? What, what, what is he about? And, it, and it's always rooted in my personal life. So who I am personally informed who I became professionally as a classroom teacher. So, so in me, when I got to, to um, undergraduate school and stumbled on African-American history and, and just read literally thousands of books on history, I said, okay, I didn't have to make a conscious decision. Well, I want to be that guy that's been reading because the reading shaped what I, who and what I became. So now as going into a classroom as a teacher, that's who I was. I said, look, the student, in, in my mind, in terms of my philosophy, the students can't reach these optimal levels that we want them to reach if they don't know who they are historically. So, so, so let me infuse that not only in a social studies curriculum, but a math curriculum, a science curriculum, an English curriculum, or whatever curriculum. Let me make sure that learning is culturally responsive, culturally relevant, student-centered relative to the students that are enrolled in this building. Not the students that are in some textbook in, at the undergraduate school, but the students that are assigned to us, let's be culturally relevant to, toward them. So, but had I not done that reading in undergraduate school, I wouldn't have been that teacher. I would have been some other teacher, right? But because I did that teacher, it informed my practice. So as a, as a principal, I was still that guy. Um, in my initial years as a presenter, I was still that guy because that's all people were inviting me to talk about. But then, but, but I decided, I said, but I, I got, there's more to me than that. I want the world to know that I can also speak about things that are not just cultural. Right, so I had to kind of reinvent myself so that people would see, oh, we, oh, he can do all the stuff that the mainstream people do too. So, yeah, so that's 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 how that happened. But as a as a practitioner at the building level, as a teacher, as a as a, as a principal, that wasn't important to me. That 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 historical piece, that that cultural piece, was 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 profoundly important to me. Right, so so I just wanted to do that part because I knew that as youngsters developed understanding that went beyond, I'm a descendant of a slave, because our kids, were, we in a city, we were African-American and Latino, right? That, that, that there's more to me. My history doesn't start in 1619, but my history goes back thousands of years. I, I wanna make sure that that youngster has a grasp of that and understands his place, her place in the continuum of struggle and of life. So that was, just, so that was my philosophy toward um, educating young people. And so really you just operationalized your philosophy yeah. and became your style. That's it. 
this. Yeah, I see. I love it. I love it. This is uh, this is so rich. Like I'm, it's like eating a, eating cake before dinner. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really rich right now. Like I'm, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's overwhelming. And I guess more from the confirmation side because these are things that may have been an idea in my mind, yeah. but I didn't have the 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 words to articulate it the way that you're putting it because. I think a lot of times we put so much emphasis on those buzzwords. Yeah. Trying to meet those buzzwords that are industry standard instead of, as you said, looking at our building itself. That's right. And what's going to be the best for our building? Because even between Kyle and I, our buildings are totally different. You know, have you, have you got a chance to visit one another? Because I know not, you're the opposite. Like, <laughs> we, country. We, we, t we taught together in Houston. Oh, oh, you were down there. Okay. Yeah, I was down there. I, I grew up in Wisconsin, moved to Houston, was there eight years, and now I'm back uh, to be closer to my family. So we, t we taught together. Now, the school he's at now is not the same school we taught together, but I have a, a good idea. And my school is not that far from what his is, but it is, a, I mean, I'm teaching at a classical charter School, so it's a little bit different vibe with a little bit different kids, but mm -hmm. yeah, and kids that know the system, whereas our kids were teaching them the system, right? You know, mm -hmm. and okay. a lot of teachers are frustrated. I'm like, guys, but you got to understand something a sixth grader coming to middle school that is the worst time of a kid's life. Oh man, you know, the transition, the change, yeah. the moving in the hallways, this, the, the amount of freedom that's given to them. I say, so our job is to be those navigators for those students to make sure that we teach them the appropriate way. And they're like, but it's every single day. And I say, well, guess what? Sometimes we got to be told multiple times to do the same thing. You know, I know how many emails we get saying, hey, guys, make sure you complete the survey on this. Hey, guys, we're still missing some surveys on this. And now that's three days. But we expect children to go in. And the first time you tell them to sit down and be quiet, that they're going to sit down and be quiet every time since from that point on. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you know, you you know, you gonna hit the nail on the head with those sixth graders. Um, <laughs> biggest, my biggest challenge as a, I guess as a leader, was was sixth graders because as a, I was a fifth grade teacher, so I always saw them as be, being very mature. You know, they were big man, big woman on campus. So, so as, as a fifth grade teacher, my graduating class and then four other uh, fifth grades in the building, they were always so much more mature than everybody else. So then when I transitioned to the middle school as an assistant principal and principal, I, I saw the same kids as sixth graders and they were somebody different. They were babies. But, but, but the thing that stood out for me was they were jockeying for position because you had fifth graders coming from all over the city into this school. So now, look, my kid, my peers from the one school know me, but these other peers don't know me. Now I got a jockey for position for them, with them. So, I, so I'm dealing with all that kind of stuff. And then it kind of smoothed out in grade seven, but it was just a, it was just, it was just a, 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 a funny thing to see every year with this incoming sixth grade group. So I thought that, okay, that's behind me when I became a high school principal. And I said, oh my God, the ninth grade are the sixth graders. It's, it's, it's just they're taller, <laughs> but, it, but, it's, it's, but it's the same thing all over again. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were big men on campus as eighth graders. They were probably super mature. And now I'm at the ninth grade level. 
and I got a jockey position book position with all these folks that don't know me. And, mm. and, and it was like sixth grade all over again. That is a great perspective. Thank you so much for that. Like that, <laughs> that jockeying for position because you see it. Yeah. It's, you know, and one of the things when I taught sixth grade uh, at another school, I used to teach my kids chess. Because to me, if you can master the game of chess, yeah. then your decision making is on point in the real world. And so one of the things we started doing in my, our morning rooms is having to get having different rooms for kids when they get there early. And I have the board game room and I've worked with a group of kids this year and two of them never played chess before. Mm. Probably bad actors in other people's class. I don't teach them. So they're in another teacher's class. So but these kids, I've watched them transition through chess and I've watched their decision-making change in the hallway. Mm. Yeah. You know, their understanding yeah. that it's, it's not a game of checkers. You're not just running and jumping over things and taking things and trying to get to the other side. This is a game where strategically you have to look a few moves ahead. You're constantly in the future and living in that future place and that motivates your decision-making right now. And I think that that's kind of where I said, if I can open up a school, I'll have a class where every student should learn chess. There you go. There you go. One of my buddies out here in the Northeast, um, maybe you heard of him, Salome Thomas L., known as Principal L. Mm -hmm. he, uh, that, that's his thing, man. When he was a teacher, they were winning national championships back to back. And then as a principal, he just, he just took it to another level and they're still doing the same thing. He's in Delaware now, but he's a national presenter as well, you know. So he's doing his thing on that level. And he's still in the school right now, right? He's still in the school, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He done his, The first book he wrote is I Choose to Stay. And uh, he wrote that back in like 03, yeah, about 2002, 2003. And it is 2019, and he's still he's still in there. Although, he, you know, he, he's, he's on the road X number of days a year and all throughout the summer. And, you know, and I think it's interesting because the conversation that I have with a lot of people in leadership is that, a lot of people leave their classroom because they want to get away from the classroom. Yeah. And, and usually those type of administrators are, are the ones that do a lot of detriment to the culture. Yeah. You know, it's those, it's those teachers who are kind of forced out of the classroom to say, look, you got to take on more roles. And then those teachers that become administrators take on the mindset that you do is say, Hey, look, this is just a bigger classroom. Yeah. That's right. You know, that's right. See, my, you know, I left because, it, you know, you know, people talk about callings and sometimes that's kind of said loosely, but mine, I, I, I knew that I was born to lead a school while I was teaching classes. I said, this, this, this is my calling. And, and, and it happened so quickly. It's, you know, I, I, I said that was what I wanted to do, but I didn't go into teaching wanting to lead. But once I was in there, I said, I, I'm a leader. And went and met the superintendent, told him my ambition. And, um, got that degree and they made me a they made me administrator like that and the rumor throughout the city in east orange new jersey was that i was related to the superintendent because i was the youngest administrator in the district and um everybody thought that i had some kind of relationship and that took me there but it turned out you know i, I didn't know him from a can of paint i just had the wherewithal to um if if that's the person who can make that that happen then why am i wasting my time with other people 
Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that's the piece that a lot of people don't understand. So they're sending resumes for whatever job outside of education as well. And so you're competing against thousands of other people. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bypass that process. I'm going to the one that makes the decision and convince that person that your life will be better if you allow me to come into it with you. And, and that was how I worded it with him. I said, look, your life would be better if you make me a leader. And he liked that. He was impressed with it. He said, go get your degree and then bring it back to me. And two years later, I said, here it is. I'm ready. And he made me an administrator. That's how I knew him. <laughs> and you were only an AP for one year? Yeah, just one year. Yeah, I was hungry. And, uh, you know, that's another thing. And I guess somebody that's, that's going to watch this podcast, uh, I'm, I'm just going to drop this on you. I, I said, the decision maker, I said, uh, you, you got to go to the decision maker. But once I went to him, then I said, look, sir, come and watch me do what I do. Don't don't call me, just cold call me, come into my classroom frequently and watch what I do. Then when he made me an AP, although I was relegated to a disciplinarian, I found a way to, to, to shine. Nevertheless, I said, come to that building and watch me lead these kids, watch me lead this staff. And he would pop through and he said, man, that's the dude I want leading the school. And he made me the principal. It's wow. just, it's just knowing how to market yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes people don't understand that they, and they, they compete with everybody else doing the same thing they doing and they'll never be seen. I meet APs all the time. How long you been an AP? Oh, I'm in my 12th year now. Do you aspire to be a principal? Yeah, but I can't get a job. That's because you probably going about it all wrong. <laughs> wow. That's spot on right there. Mm, that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is spot on right there. Um, I, I, I'm gonna I want to skip the next question because I'm looking at the time, yeah. and I want to jump to this one. Um, do me do me a favor because I no this is live live podcast. Hey Rudy, do me what's up? Do me a favor, break, get my bag by the table. I didn't bring my adapter in the other, the next room. Okay. Yes, yeah, I was prepared to be in the other room where you weren't gonna be able to see me. So now I'm getting ready to die. God, I got I got 2% left. <laughs> okay, okay. No, he, my son got it. Thank you, my brother. All right, we'll tell you. Yes, sir. Give me one second, gentlemen. Sure. It's real world stuff here. Live. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing what the real the real world offers us now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cause like I like I like I saw your I saw your eyes light up a little bit when I told you that when I started there was no such thing as email, right? <laughs> we were just, we were we were just talking on my uh, a group of teachers yesterday talking on campus. Like I remember when I was in school, they were still doing film strips. Yeah, yeah. Like, you had to have the film strip projector and they had the overhead projector that you had to write on it with the expo and then wash. And now these kids are like, you know, doing, they're using FaceTime to study together. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's something. I remember the office, the, 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 the inner office memorandums, man, <laughs> big, big yellow envelope. Somebody mark off, scratch off your name on the front of the, the envelope. And, and, and when I started nationally as a presenter, at a, the ASCD conference in 2004, I, I did that with an overhead projector. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, that's 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 because that's, that's there there was no PowerPoints. I had all these little film slides, and everybody got excited and wanted it, wanted copies, and I made copies of all of them and mailed them by snail mail. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. 
It's crazy. The world I, presented, is I presented last Saturday and everybody was like, hey, I want that presentation. I want those cards you're using. And I didn't even have to email everybody. I just sent it to my director and the director put it into the the, the comments of the, yeah. where they signed up for the class online so they can click on it and print it and do whatever they want to do. Yeah, Makes so life so much easier. They can sit there and evaluate you now right in the room. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right in the room. Well, it's already done before you even dismiss them. Right. And it's funny because my, my principal last year, we were a brand new school and I, I'm honored to have, I've, I've been in education 13 years and I've never had a male uh, principal like this. Uh, and especially uh, a black male educator uh, who, because you know, we're, we're a rare breed in education. Mm -hmm. And to I'm have a black male educating school leader was my first. And mm. he started the year by saying, we have to get out of teaching Wi-Fi kids with landline strategies. Oh, man. What a line. And when he said that to me, instantly, it just clicked off in my head to the point to where I started looking at every profession that's out there. You know, the garbage man, who people say, oh, I'll be a garbage man. But they have a tablet that gives them their route. Yeah. They have to be able to plug in their times and log in their information. So there are very few professions that you can work in where you're not going to have to be able to use technology. That's right. That's right. And so you have to understand that if we're not preparing kids, we think kids, and I tell them, don't, don't think sixth grade kids are going to sit in your classroom and be quiet. Mm -hmm. They're not. That's mm -hmm. not. Your job is to give them something to talk about and make sure they stay on topic. That's the part that Safe, sit and be quiet. We had, we, Kyle and I had a, a, a partner on our team who was very, um, very introverted. Well, really not an introvert. She just had a very way of doing it. And you could walk in her reading class. It was like walking into a library. It was so mm -hmm. quiet all the time. And when the kids got to our classes, it was like they walking in the room, music is playing. We're high-fiving the kids, and she's like, don't y'all bring that over here to my room. Mm -hmm. That's over there, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like you have to understand, in order to reach kids, you almost almost got to go where they are. Yeah, go where they are. got to try to bring them to it, but also you also have to be who you are so the kids can see that because those kids were perfect for her, and those kids were perfect for us in two totally different environments. Yep. Two totally different environments. I understand completely. So... All right, so we got a couple questions left for you to wrap it up, but we want to, you know, give our sincere appreciation to you for. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate for you. For not, not, like I said, we we started this podcast three years ago. We've done more than two hundred episodes, but when we started wow. brain, we started brainstorming like who are the people if we could get people on there, and you were right at the top of the list right away. Oh, so, I'm honored. Appreciate you. So, so for. So three years later to be able to have this conversation with you is 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 really um i don't validating is kind of the word because it's you know we've we've been continually putting the work in but um we really appreciate it so um before we ask you the last two if people want to connect with you find you get in touch with you where's the best place for them to do that yeah um the website principalcafele.com um spelled k-a-f-e-l-e principalcafele.com and, and on, as I say to everybody that website is not just a marketing tool but I call it my professional learning institute so we've got um about 550 videos on it from YouTube that, that will link you to YouTube to my nine different channels I've got about 50 articles and blog posts that I've posted there um 
about 20 podcast interviews and and just in my books are there and just a whole lot of stuff on the site. Um, so I, you know, like a lot of times when I'm out in, in the world, people ask me for my email address and I said, no, I'm not gonna tell you. I want you to go to the website and get the email address from there to contact me because I want you to just navigate the site and see what's there. Because you take, for example, um, a lot, I, I used to get, all, and I may have said this in San Antonio, I, I used to get all these calls. Well, I still get them, but I was getting all these calls about tips for an assistant principal interview or principal interview from teachers. Um, well, principal interview from assistant principals, but the assistant principal interview from teachers. And I was, you know, I'm responding to all these people. I don't know them. And I'm taking a lot of time to give them some tips on how to get through the interview and, get, and land a position. So finally, I said, it hit me. I said, well, I can't continue to do this. Just make the videos. So made, um, made two videos on um, interviewing for the assistant principalship and then another two for the principalship and showing folks how to, how to go in there and get the position. So those went viral and, and over 500 people um, have contacted me to say they got the, the, um, got the job. But then last week while I was sick, I had a bottle of water nearby. And every time I coughed, I made these four videos on how to write a book because everybody writes me and says, how do I write a book? Um, so we made the four videos an hour each on planning for the book. Part two was on writing the book. Part three was on publishing or self-publishing. And part four was on marketing and distribution. So people are starting to watch those videos. So I'm saying all that to say, it's not just a marketing website. There's information on the site that can change one's life. They can change one's trajectory. It's just a matter of going on and seeing what your needs are and seeing if I've addressed them in some capacity and um, in, 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 in delving into the information. So principalcafelate.com and then the blog page is right, it's linked, it's right on the page. So they don't have to take my blog address. You'll, you'll see it on the on the site in the menu. And that's how you contact me. The website is the, the uh, email address is there. So that's that's how a person can contact me. And you're also pretty active on Twitter, right? That's usually where yeah, we Yeah, yeah. So Twitter, uh, at Twitter, I mean at Twitter, at Principal Cafele, um, one word. Um, and I'm on there all the time. I was on there this morning. And then at, uh, um, said at Facebook, on Facebook, at Principal Cafele, two words, right? So Principal and Cafele, and you'll find me. You can't friend me, but you can um, follow me. And then if, if you're one who really wants to friend me, as many do, then we just coordinate that. And um, I drop some inactive account and, and add that person in. I did a couple of, couple of yesterday. So Perfect. yeah, so because some people really want to be friends instead of followers. So, so okay, let's make Perfect. it happen. So, second to last question, we like to to ask this to everybody. If and and I, you know, you've really answered it, but if you could sum up, what is the one thing you think every kid should be taught while they're in school? Oh, um, the one thing. Hmm. You know, as, as you know, as I was saying before, that you know, particularly with young people of color, that that that, that history component is crucial. So, so the ability to answer the question, "Who am I?" I have a chapter in my book, "Motivating Black Males to Achieve in School and in Life," which is the chapter is entitled "Who Am I?" And I think that's the most fundamental question that one could answer, because there's a lot of folks out here, a lot of young people and adults out here 
that cannot answer that question. Um, they can answer it in terms of their name and 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 this on their birth certificate and 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 very personal things about them. But in terms of the collective, who are you? Mm -hmm. um, you got too many that just don't know. They they have no idea of the greatness that's within them. They they don't know. Like when you when when, when Wilkie, when you were talking about the um, the 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 introduction of of African American or African history beyond 1619, so many that don't realize the science the technology, the mathematics, the medicine, the, the astronomy, the architecture, the engineering that's literally flowing through their veins, right? They, 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 don't, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't have the, the wherewithal to understand that they come from that level and quality of a people, right? Because, because of the way that, 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 that their ancestry and, and, and contemporaneously have been described and defined in modern time. So it's, it's hard for them to make that leap of, of, of the, the scientific contributions to the world, right? The mathematical contributions to the world, the engineering and architectural contributions to the world. It's hard to bridge that gap because of what they've been exposed to and thereby programmed to think otherwise um, in modern society. So, so, so that's key. But I'll couple on that, couple to that, understanding one's innate ability to get from the proverbial point A to the proverbial point B. In other words, said differently, I'm of the firm belief that whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life, it is yours, but you may not be able to walk the same path as the next person, as that, as that person that was born with more privilege than you. Your path may be an alternate path that may take longer than others. And that's not to say, that's not a black versus white. That's, that's just a privilege versus non-privilege. So you could be underserved white um, youngster. And, and, and you may not have the same opportunity as the privileged white youngster. So your path, if the path is this way, theoretically speaking, you may have to go around and around and you may have to crawl on your knees, right? And, 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 and engage in blood, sweat, and tears. But if you, but if you are that passionate, about getting there, that determined, that committed to your goal, then I'm saying that if that youngster has that innate belief that I can do it regardless of how difficult it is, I'm going to do it. So I'm saying, therefore, as teacher, to answer your question directly, I want to instill that. I can't teach drive. I can't teach heart. I can't, but, 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 but I can show you what it is. And then hopefully you evolve into it. Right. It's like in the, in the sports world. So a coach will say, I, I can't teach heart. I can teach you skills, but I can't. But I can't teach you to have the heart to go out there as a, as, 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 as a warrior to win. But I can tell you what it is. So I want to at least expose a youngster to what that is. And now you do what you got to do, because with me, I remember sitting and, and I know you didn't expect as long of an answer. But let me just say this to you. I, I remember sitting in, 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 in the Harris Hotel. And on the Las Vegas Strip in 1997, I, in, in March 1997, the Harris on the Las Vegas Strip watching Harry Wong. Now, I was there who, who, who wrote the first days of school, that, that book that sold millions of copies. I'm there for my first ever professional development as a vice principal. But 
I forgot I was there for professional development as a vice principal. I got caught up into the speaker and, and looking at me as a speaker, not a vice principal. And I said, I'm going to be on these stages talking to the masses of educators as well. Well, that was 2000, that was 1997. I didn't get my first Las Vegas Strip keynote at the, at the Venetian Palazzo until July 15th, two, 15, 2013. Actually, I got these dates, they locked in, right? But so it took me from 97 to 2013 to get my first Vegas Strip keynote. Now I do it regularly. But I said, but when I saw Harry Wong and that and that Harris, I said, I'm I'm going to be on that stage in one of them hotels on the Vegas Strip. I couldn't walk the path he walked, so I had to walk that way and this way and back that way. But I said, Dag on it, I'm going to be there. I'm coming. I'm coming. Right. So that so so see that's what I want a kid to have. I want that. So so now. This, this is a date I didn't memorize. So I'm gonna say approximately 2009. I, I don't have that for, for whatever reason I didn't memorize, but I got it in my files. They, they, I was invited to speak to all the educators on the island of St. Thomas, US Virgin Islands. I was still a principal. And so I'm like excited. Okay, big, big time, okay. So I get there and we go to dinner with the superintendent and her team. Sitting at the table with us is Harry Wong. Right, I didn't even know he was coming. So I'm like, what's he doing here? So they said, Harry Wong is gonna be the morning keynoter and you're the afternoon keynote. I said, see, that's what the heck I'm talking about. That's what I wanna put in a kid. Cause I'm looking at Harry Wong like, yo, I'm gonna be in your shoes, right? And then now I'm sitting, I'm sitting, we don't wanna call it a foreign country cause it's part of US, you know, United States, but I'm overseas sitting at a table doing the same thing he doing. He gonna open it and I'm gonna close it, see? So that's what I wanna instill in a kid, man. They, look, man, look, young lady, the world is yours. Don't confine yourself to your block. Don't confine yourself to your city. You got access. You just might have to move differently, but you got access to it. So when the folks told me I'm not gonna be keynoting the big conferences, I said, okay. All right, just keep watching me. It's going to take me a little longer, but you just keep watching me and I'm going to read. That's, so that's my the long answer mm. to the question. <laughs> All right, so again, sir, we like, we want to thank you for your time and, yeah. and, and everything you've done for us. Will, anything you want to say before? And I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll let you wrap up and then ask the final question. All right, I just want to say I'm honored, I, I, and I and I have to admit it was about three years ago when we started the podcast. I remember sending you an email, um, and I think I may have been through LinkedIn. I was trying to find it right now through my phone, but I remember sending you an, a message, and I was shocked when you responded. Uh, <laughs> and I told you what we did, and I was like, "There's no way he's going to respond." And all of a sudden, I got an email from you, and and it, and and your question was, "What can I do to help?" And that question shook me because at that point, I, I wasn't prepared to say, this is what we're trying to do. We were just now getting going. And so to go from that point to where we are right now, I'm going to find a copy of that email and I'm going to put it okay. when we do do this video. Because again, kind of a similar story, because again, it took 
a different route for us to get to that point to where we actually met you and actually invited you to be on the show uh, with us and talk to our guests. I mean, talk to our, our listeners about your experience and how they can be better. And I just want to say, man, I am, my, one of my old pastors used to say, I'm hippopotamously proud to sit here right now and to see that I, not only am I having, being able to interview you, but also to being able to have to meet you in the flesh and, and to talk with you and to uh, learn and glean from your experiences. I am humbled and, and, and very proud to be in this moment right now. I, I feel the same way. I appreciate you both. Appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So our last question is the one that we, this is one of our favorite questions to get to people is, as an educator, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I simply want my leg legacy to be that I woke up in the morning every day to touch the lives of children and in, 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 in today's times, through their teacher, through their leader, through their counselor. But, um, you know, my, my last name is Kefele, obviously, but it has a meaning. It's, it means worth dying for. But I gave it a little spin. It comes from the country of Malawi in Central Africa. I said the, the struggle for the liberation of the minds of our children is worth dying for. So when I stood on that stage in, at the University of Miami on May 1st, 2015, at the age of 54, and endured a heart attack 30 minutes into that speech and, and finished, not knowing what I was having, but knowing I was in excruciating pain, and then even took questions, I always say, you know, like the doctor said, I could have I died that night because my main artery was clogged 100%. They call it the widow maker. 60% of the people with that particular heart attack do not survive. So I could have died that night. But I had an audience of 200 principals, 200 administrators, I should say, in that audience. So had I died, had I made that transition, I would have died with a microphone in my hand doing this work. So it, it, it would have brought it full circle. I'm so grateful that God said, I'm not done with you yet and, and, and gave me more time and gave me the ingredients to, to extend my life in terms of exercise and diet and all that kind of stuff. But, but I'm saying that my legacy, just that he was, the Kefele was about this. Like I was, I was, I was having, um, Every now and then I have dinner with, with some of the, the top mainstream speakers. And I had one with, with one recently that I'm not going to name because of what I'm going to say. And, and he was saying to me, he said, Kefele, man, you got you to gotta raise your rates. They're too low. And, you know, I said, nah, it, I said, my rates have been what they have been since I started. And he said, yeah, he said, but you could be making so much more. You, you should at least double them, if not triple them. And a lot of a lot of a lot of school districts will say to me, it rates are high. And we we can we bring in other schools so that we can we 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 can share the expenses. So, but I know they're low in comparison to a lot of my, my peers. So I said, you know something, sir? I'm gonna keep mine where they are because my purpose for doing this is not to get rich. I'm 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 not on that that paper chase, right? I'm I'm not trying to be a millionaire in this business. I'm I'm doing well. But I'm, I'm, but, but I'm not seeking wealth in my work, right? I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to give wealth, 
right? In terms of the information. So that's, that's so, 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 so I want, I don't want like, like, like sometime a speak a, a client will come to me and they'll say, uh, man, I know, I know, I know this speaker, I know that speaker, and I know you know them, and they they want this amount of money. They, that's too much money to pay a speaker. And I always say, I don't want some client somewhere having a conversation with someone saying, I like Kafele, but he's 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 too overpriced. I want them to say, man, this dude is affordable, he's cheap. And he's providing a wealth of information. See that that's that's who I want to be, right? Did the, 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 the people see that man? He he's about this life. He he he's he's about this work, not not about chasing dollars, man. You know. So that's that's all I want to be known as. And as we say, value adds value. Yeah, that's where we got the name for the podcast and what our mission is is to bring value back. And I think that what you contribute. Again, in your legacy, you'll you will surpass many of the millionaires in the wealth that you'll attain, even long after your your candle's been snuffed. Yeah. Uh, you, you will continue to 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 provide a wealth of information through the lives of the people and the number of people that you touch. And to me, you can't hang a price tag on that whatsoever. So we appreciate you, and we 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 appreciate you for having the wherewithal again to to stay the course. Because we know, as you said in the beginning, this is one to easily get burnt out on. This yeah. is a profession to easily get burnt out on. And we're thankful that, that you're here, that you didn't get burnt out, you didn't go out with the heart attack, and that yeah. you're still here to provide your guidance to the next generation of teachers. Appreciate you, both of you. All right. Well, we appreciate your time, sir, and we look forward to the next time we, uh, we get to meet you in person. Yeah, definitely. Let me know when that goes on, too. Yes, sir.